Welcome to the Lakeside Baptist Church Podcast. We pray you are blessed as you hear the Word of God today. For more information regarding Lakeside Baptist Church, please visit lakeside.asn.au. Morning. Good to be together this morning as we continue in our series on the excellent church. We said that the church is to be uh, beautiful because Scripture talks about the church as the bride of Christ, the bride of Christ. And uh, brides are, by nature, beautiful. Uh, And so uh, the church is to be beautiful. But I'm also told that we have never had such a great turnout of soup. (laughs) So if you have brought soup, stay. If you haven't brought soup, stay as well. There's a lot of soup there. We've run out of plugs to plug all the warmers in. So, you know, there's a lot of soup. So please stay, and there's there's a lot, and uh, enough uh, for all of us, even when I'm done. So... We carry on in our series um, on the excellent church, as I mentioned, and, and folk, uh, one of these topics, uh, you know, we try not to speak about politics from the pulpit and money. Uh, but while I was preparing from Acts 2.45, it was as if uh, God was saying that this, this principle of giving is a life skill. It's a life skill. It's not only uh, about giving of our money, but it's giving of ourselves. It's giving of ourselves. And so uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 45, I read it in the New International Version and then in the message just uh, for the sake of, of just a different version. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. The message says it this way, they sold whatever they owned and pooled their resources so that each person's need was met. And so when you you have a look at what's being said here, as they got together, obviously there were some people who had needs, but they got together and they added uh, to those who didn't have what they were able to add. And so there's a story uh, about a little uh, eager 10-year-old, and you can see it in that next uh, slide there uh, with his mobile phone, where the Sunday school teacher asks her eight-year or eight-eager 10-year-olds if they would give a million dollars to the missionaries. And they all screamed out, yes. Would you give a thousand dollars? And they all screamed out, yes. How about a hundred dollars? Oh, yes, we would. They all agreed. Would you give just one dollar to the missionaries, she asked. And the boys exclaimed, yes, just as before, except for little Johnny. Johnny, the teacher said, as she noticed the boy clutching his pocket, why didn't you say yes this time? Well, he stammered, I have a dollar in my pocket. And folks, that's often the case where, you know, we're not really prepared to part with anything that we have especially when it's a little. People say that money talks, and we all know what it says. It says goodbye. But when you think about uh, money talking, 
It, it does so in a number of ways because the way we handle our money says a lot about who we are as human beings. It, it talks a lot about our, our character and our attitude. And so I'm not wanting to sit and ask you uh, for money this morning. That's not the case at all because I think our church is doing well. Uh, you have all been very faithful, uh, and so we are grateful for that. But I want to share with you more, more than just about money, uh, about ourselves, about giving of ourselves as well, because that is a life skill. And so the Bible has a lot to say about giving, giving of our money, giving of ourselves, giving of our possessions, in fact, there are over a thousand references to money in the Bible, only second to the topic of love. And two-thirds of the parables that Jesus spoke are about money. And so we know that Jesus said that you cannot serve two masters. And so how does that make sense in this day and age when uh, we have so many expenses? And so people often categorize us, either we are greedy or we're generous. Either we are stingy or we're giving. Either we are uh, corrupt or we are holy. And that's how people see us. And I'm just wondering, what reputation do we want to have? Well, in the early church, and that's what we're talking about uh, here this morning, the early church was a church that gave. They gave of what they had. Because before they came to faith, they were ex the kingdom of God. But when they began to believe in Jesus Christ, there was this change of attitude. Imagine being ex outside the kingdom, and then God comes and changes you, and you're now in Christ, and you're in the kingdom of God. Everything begins to change. Everything begins to change. And so I believe that, that an excellent church, one who, where the bride is beautiful, is a giving church. And an excellent Christian is a giving Christian. And as we give, it's, it's firstly out of appreciation and gratitude because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And so where it says in Acts 2.45, they sold their property and possessions and gave. That word property uh, is, is actually, uh, the, the word actually, they, they had goods the perhaps pots and pans and, and things, they gave those as well. And the word possession there, he's actually, you, you know, that perhaps they had two pieces of land next to each other, and if they needed to give one away, they gave it away or they sold it to be able to put toward the need of somebody else. Now, folks, some of the properties were massive. They might subdivide those, but... Also, they might have had a small little block, a small little block. Uh, my dad left me a little block in Cyprus. It was 72 square meters. And I'm going, 72 square meters? Yes, but you could, you know, they, they had a, a triple story up there, you know, because they lived together, and, and people were uh, all together all the time. And so you'd have one little Christophides family at the bottom, and the next one would be on the next one. And, and, you know, and they were all together because they shared. And so some never had that, though, because they were set apart. 
Maybe because they came to faith and, and their family didn't want them. But they were able to share of what they have. They were concerned for each other. And so they, they, they shared what they have. And, and it says they gave. That word gave, the amerizo, means they cut it into pieces and gave wherever they needed to. They, they distributed and divided up wherever they needed to. And that's why Jesus was so hard against the Pharisees, you see. And he called them whitewashed tombstones. You know, they looked so good on the outside. You know, the, that tombstone, that gravestone was whitewashed and the name was on it. It looked really good. But on the inside, they were dead. Just like the Pharisees were dead. They looked good on the outside with their phylacteries and all their dress and everything. But on the inside, they were dead spiritually. They would have 10 spring onions and perhaps 10 oranges. And they would give one to the temple, one spring onion to the temple, one orange to the temple in front of everybody. They would only need four perhaps for their family, but they would not give those other five away. Why? Because it's theirs. It's theirs. And so Jesus was not impressed with them when they did that. But when those, so they were ex the kingdom of God. When they became part of the kingdom of God, there was a change of attitude and there was this whole idea that there was this appreciation and there was this, this amazing gratitude. You know, John 3.16, let me quote it to you. For God so loved the world that he sat back on his throne in heaven and did absolutely nothing. That's not what it says. For God so loved the world that he gave. That he gave. And so, folk, what, what did Jesus, uh, what did God give? Well, he gave his son. And so, the, the, the first lesson that we need to learn, that, that when these people gave, it was out of gratitude. So, this gratitude giving. Out of uh, appreciation for what God has done for them. Not only did he meet their needs, but he took them from a lost eternity to an eternity that will be with him forever and ever. And so because we are able to love the Lord, out of appreciation we give back to him. Not only of what is in our pockets or in our banks, but because of who we are as human beings, we give of ourselves. There's always that challenge when somebody comes and knocks on your door and says, mate, I need something to eat. It's easier to give $10 to the person to go to the local little store around the corner and, and buy half a pie and a little bit of something rather than make them two sandwiches with peanut butter and jam and Nutella. Obviously, Nutella. And that will cost you maximum $2. But you'd rather go, you know what? Take 10 bucks and just leave me alone. And that's what I'm talking about. Not only of our possessions, but of ourselves, to give of ourselves. And that's a life skill. And so these people gave out of appreciation for what God has done for them. They never, ever took whatever they had for granted. Folk, if, if you have a roof over your head 
and you've got food to eat, and you've got clothes on your back, and perhaps a little bit of money in your pocket, you're one of the richest people in the world. Because there are thousands and millions that don't have what we have. Now, I'm not wanting you to feel bad. But if you've not ever left this continent, this beautiful island called Australia, you're missing out because we are so privileged in this country to have what we have. We're blessed with family, with friends, with a future. What a blessing that is. And folk, in spite of all that, we can, we can take so many things for granted. If we think of the, uh, what, what Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 9, uh, 15, he says to them, uh, thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift, this indescribable gift through Jesus Christ. And folk, part of that is eternal life. And I don't know about you, but you know, you, you can begin to feel that security of eternal life here on earth. That's why Jesus taught the disciples to pray, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. You begin to appreciate that my future is secure. I know where I'm going for eternity. And that's to be with my God. Wow. Gratitude for what we have. Because we've even encountered the true and living God. I'm not sure what the future holds, somebody said, but I know who holds my future. That's security. That's security. And so, giving out of gratitude. Secondly, it should be glad giving. Glad giving. You know, uh, in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, it says, God loves a cheerful giver. That Greek word for cheerful is where we, English, we get the English word hilarious. It's the Greek word ilaros. God loves a hilarious giver. And I'm thinking, what does that mean? Well, basically, it's not because you know, you're know you able to give to somebody and uh, pack out laughing and uh, this is so funny. No, there's joy in the heart. In fact, there's a difference between joy and happiness. Happiness is what we get at McDonald's with little ice cream and Tim Tams and, and you know, burgers and, and eventually you look like me. That's happiness. But when it finishes, the happiness goes. But joy, no one can take away. Chara, it's connected to grace. And so God loves a glad giver that understands his grace and is able to give it to those that they come into contact with. It's glad giving. And so your heart is full of that. Your heart is full of that. That great theologian Richard Foster in his book Money, Sex and Power says this, giving with glad and generous hearts has a way of routing out the tough old miser within us. Even the poor need to know that they can give. Just the very act of letting go of money or some other treasure does something within us. It destroys the demon of greed. And so even poor people need to give out of appreciation for the little that they have. Now that sounds crazy. It's true. And you know what? Poor people find it easier to give out of their little bit 
than super wealthy people out of their abundance. And so there should be this joy in giving. Why? Because we've been impacted by the grace of God and what a privilege it is to be able to share that. Because the reason for the filling is the overflow. God blesses us so we can be a blessing with a lot or with a little. We give with glad hearts. Thirdly, it should be generous giving. Generous giving. Luke's, Luke chapter 6 verse 38 says it so beautifully. Give, and that word give uh, is the Greek word vidomi, which means bring it forth. It's not a passive word. It's, it's kind of, it's, it's an action. It's a verb. Deliver, minister of your, you know, yourself, offer, and it will be given to you. A good measure, assuming it's a little pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. I remember Michael, um, our son, when he was um, tiny, uh, he had this little tube of little spongy animals. Like different, you know, kind of half a zoo of animals in there. Different animals in there. Little tube like that. And when you open them up, they all just pounce out. And when you put them in water, they become quite big. And I have that picture in my mind that, that when we give generously, God takes that and multiplies it. How does that happen? Well, that's how the kingdom of God works. Take that measure, press down, shaken together. Can we fit any more in? And then pour some more in so it runs over. That's yours. Why? Because you've given with a generous heart. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And so it goes without saying, if we sow well, we reap well. Now, folk, it comes with a heart attitude. Eh? And we're not talking about our money here. We're talking about ourselves. Giving of ourselves. Because it's easier to give of our money than of ourselves. It's easier to, to bring forth $10 than to actually take the, the, the effort to go and make four sandwiches and a little bit of juice and spend some time with a person and get to know them and they get to know us. It's easier to give that 10 bucks because then, you know, it's not a problem. But what, 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 what is being said here that, that when we, we give kind of sparingly of ourselves, then we, we actually don't, you know, benefit out of it. I remember this one family in South Africa, they, they kind of were on brown bread and water because they were just giving and giving and giving with a massive expectation of getting back. That expectation of getting back was wrong because we give 
out of appreciation, not in expectation. And so it's got to be generous giving because we can never outgive God. We can never outgive God, but it's with the right attitude, with gratitude, with glad giving, and generously. And so when we sow in the things of God, we sow because of who He is, because the Lord loves a generous giver. And fourthly, and in closing, it should be glory giving. What do I mean by glory giving? Well, we know the Greek word for glory is the word doxa, which means to make famous. It should be given to make the name of Jesus famous. Folk, uh, as you know, I grew up in the Greek Orthodox Church, and whenever you, uh, you know, they came around to, to get a donation, you'd say, yes, they, they would say to you, listen, we need to build a wall there, and if you build a wall, we'll put your name on it. And so Christophides, like, got to be a super long wall because, you know, Christophides. And, and so, no, you've got your rightful glory because you've paid for the wall if your name is on it. But when you give in appreciation for what God has done for you and you don't want your name on it, then he gets the glory. He gets the fame. He gets the honor. And we see it there. When Paul writes to the church in Corinth, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9, where he speaks about giving, that's exactly what he's talking about. Even when I'm in need, I still need to give over and above even my need. Story goes that a man died and went to heaven, and there he made this comment concerning his money on earth. He said, What I spent, I lost. What I saved, I left behind. And what I gave, I have. <laughs> and, and what he's talking about there is that when we give with this kind of giving that I've spoken of this morning, it's paying it forward because you're sowing into the things of God in heaven. In heaven. There's a direct relationship, friends, between giving now and the future. Giving now and the future. I heard of a very wealthy woman who lived in this palatial home surrounded by fine tapestries and linens and imported china, expensive little items all over the place, and who indulged in every luxury. She died and went to the gates of heaven. It's a story. An angel was chosen to accompany her to the home. They passed many homes of grandeur and magnificence. Finally, they came to a street of much less glamour. And down at the end of it was a very humble little cottage. They turned to enter, and the woman stopped and looked about with tragic disappointment on her face. The angel said to her, This is to be your eternal home. Oh, but... She said, I've been accustomed only to the finest and most expensive. There are many, many bountiful homes which we pass similar to the, mine, the one I had on earth. There must be some mistake. Ah, said the angel, we had to build your eternal home here out of material which you sent us from earth. 
And this is the best we could do. And so, folk, there's a link between giving and getting. There's a link between giving and getting. This Christian businessman said it this way, the only investment I ever made which has paid constantly increasing dividends is the money I've given to the Lord. And listen to this. Pastors will do their greatest service in leading their people to understand that the truth of God concerning the stewardship of time and money. I don't feel good about talking about these things. But the real question we need to ask ourselves, what does our giving say about us? But also, what do you want your giving to say about you? How do we respond to, to questions like that? You know, when, when, when we have a little, we're able to give a little. And then God blesses us. And then it grows more and more and more. And the more it grows, the harder it is to give back. But we forget where we came from. And so I believe that a giving Christian is an excellent Christian. And a giving church is an excellent church. Those early Christians gave because their lives had been changed. And the evidence is there. The spirit of generosity entered into them and they were able to give where there was a need. And so giving shows the world that we really believe in eternity. Giving shows the world that we really believe in eternity because we're giving. One very close family member said to me, Greek, said to me, why do you want to give this money? You work hard, why do you want to give it? Out of appreciation, you're stupid. You're stupid. It's your money. No. Never was mine and never will be mine. It's his. He gave it for me to look after what I do with it shows where my heart is and what I really believe in. Chuck Swindoll, in his book, Improving Your Serve, tells us a story, and I'll just put a picture up there to help us to understand. He says, shortly after World War II came to a close, Europe began picking up the pieces. Much of the old country had been ravaged by war and was in ruins. Perhaps the saddest sight of all was that of little orphan children starving in the streets of those war-torn cities. Early on a chilly morning, a soldier was making his way back to the barracks in London. As he turned the corner in his jeep, he spotted a little lad with his nose pressed to the window of a pastry shop. Inside, the cook was kneading dough for a fresh batch of donuts. The hungry boy stared in silence, watching the every move. The soldier pulled up his jeep to the curb, stopped, got out, and walked quietly over to where the little fellow was standing. 
Through the steamed-up window, he could see the mouth-watering morsels as they were being pulled from the oven, piping hot. The boy salivated and released a slight groan as he watched the cook place them onto the glass-enclosed counter ever so carefully. The soldier's heart went out to the nameless orphan. As he stood beside him, son, would you like some of those? The boy was startled. Oh yeah, I would. The soldier stepped inside and bought a dozen, put them in a bag and walked back to where the lad was standing in the foggy cold of the London morning. He smiled, held at the bag and said simply, here you are. And he turned to walk away. He felt a tug on his coat and he looked back and heard the child ask quietly, Sir, are you God? We're never more like God than when we give. For God so loved the world that he gave. We are never more like God than when we give. For God so loved the world that he gave. May we be that excellent bride. May we be generous and may we be giving, not only of our money, but of ourselves. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you're a good God who has blessed us abundantly. Thank you for this amazing country that we're able to gather together free to worship you. Thank you that we have work and we have health and strength. Lord, we have so much to be grateful for. Lord, we pray that we will give wherever there's a need. May we give of ourselves. May we give of our possessions. May we give wherever you lead us to because you have blessed us so much. For that we are grateful. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.